Let me just start out by saying, yes, I do understand that this is kind of loud because you are hearing the truck noise because this is, of course, the mobile podcast, episode 339, Duh Bears. We got to talk about the Chicago Bears versus Washington Commanders on Thursday Night Football. It's been a while since I've gotten a podcast out, and that is in... I'm busy. I'm incredibly busy. I want to get back into it. I'm just having having a lot of struggles just trying to figure out when I can do it. Um, But I wanted to get this one out. Hopefully get one out on Friday. Do a first run through for week five for DFS. And then have the uh, final podcast for the week on Saturday after I have everything all kind of written out. The podcast needs to come back. It just it just has to. Just so we can talk about things. And I can kind of talk about it out in the open. Uh, and quite possibly talk myself into a stupid play. Or talk myself out of a stupid play. I figure it's really important. But... We gotta get this one going. I do have some music that I can use as an intro, so why not get it started? You're in the doghouse. music on the mobile podcast come on come on but any which way it is your boy d roy find me on twitter and instagram at roy dog underscore 13 that is d-a-w-g not the d-o-g uh still going over on facebook dennis m roy over there you can hit me up on messenger if you're new to the show uh and over on tiktok uh, most of my TikTok has just been my daughter's uh, success playing girl softball. So, at RoyDog13 over there, if you are interested. I know there's a lot of people who are not interested, you know, trying to s- steal on our secrets. Let's face it, if you got a fucking, if you got a fucking phone, they're stealing your shit as it is right now. So you might as well have some fun with it. Go check out the TikTok. No, it's not full of fucking nudie girls. That's all over on fucking Instagram. So that's kind of your FYI. That's on your need-to-know basis. Any which way. 
we have a couple of other things that we need to talk about outside of uh, the Bears-Commanders game. We will get to that here in a second. Um, the strength of schedule spreadsheet did go out, uh, and you will notice that there is a new tab on there. That's defense versus direction, I believe I, I titled it. What, what that means, okay? So when you're looking for players... You're using the strength of schedule for waiver claims for seasonal. Um, looking at the DFS spreadsheet that comes out every week, you're trying to pick out your plays. This is another added thing that I want you to kind of take a look at. What it is is over at FTN Fantasy, which is a terrific site. They actually have everything really set up well over there. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, getting my data from over there uh, for the DVOA uh, for defenses and offenses but um, they had a section on there where it was DVOA versus uh, direction left, middle, right uh, short and deep and then they take that short and deep for the left, middle and right so what I have decided to do was build a spreadsheet and kind of keep track of that data uh, and just kind of see, you know, is there something that we're missing? Is there something um, that might be beneficial to where we can look at wide receivers, possibly tight ends? It's not really going to do too much for running backs outside of the short passes. Uh, if they're allowing that, you're going to see that basically on... Uh, defense versus running backs in the passing game, right? Well, this might be something that's going to help you bolster um, your thought process on whether or not you're going to use a running back that does catch passes for a certain team versus certain defenses. So you're going to look at strength of schedule first and foremost for uh, your seasonal your seasonal ads like we've been doing for the past couple of years. Then uh, you're also going to use the DFS spreadsheet, of course, to find your players. And then use that defense versus direction to kind of solidify your thought process um, going forward into each and every week. Is it 100% foolproof? No, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> One issue that I do have... Um, is how to present that data um, based on the fact that there's a there's a number, right? So the stronger the defense, the more negative the number. The shittier the defense is versus a certain dynamic uh, within the defense, you know, the defensive system, the more positive number that it's going to be. So what I'd really struggled to do was whether or not these certain pass directions. This is only for pass directions for this for this issue. Everything else, it has a defined number. You can go 1 through 32 uh, in terms of ranking. The problem is when you do pass versus direction is sometimes teams just don't pass at a certain area. So that comes up as a zero. What do you do with that zero? Do I continue to rank through the zeros, even if I'm not including the zero, but still having to count out those teams 
to where we get to a, another number, a positive number, and keep going. Like, say, rank 23, 24, and 25. So I'm kind of having that issue on there. You can see that da- those data points ranked. Um, if you go to that page and then you kind of scroll over to the right, you can kind of see it. And you can kind of see, okay, these teams, you know, people weren't passing over there. I'm looking for rank 11, for instance, right? So I still, for right now, have given it a rank. Hasn't been that big of a deal, considering the fact that you're really looking towards the more green numbers um, within the within the ranking points, right? So each and every week, you're looking for the greens. We're trying to look to see if there is continued trends in certain spots so that you can maybe take a chance on a guy who's got more explosive uh, uh, playability down the field. That's what we're looking for. This is more of a probably a DFS type tool um, for some of those more minimum value players or minimum salary players that can maybe give us enough upside to where it's going to help allow us to fit some of those guys that we want that are more near the top of the pay scale. That's how we're using it for right now. I had said in the email that went out, I will probably include some of this data within the article that comes out on Saturdays. I'm going to include some of it. I'm not going to include a lot of it. So it's not going to be a whole jumbled mess of fucking charts, considering the fact that I do pull the numbers, um, do pull the DVOA versus DVP uh, numbers, and put it in that article already. I want to refrain from having to include that chart, but I do want to kind of show you what I'm looking at for certain players. So it will be there not too much of it because I don't want to overwhelm everybody because a lot of people do get overwhelmed just with those charts to begin with because they don't know how to read it or are unwilling to try and read that data learn how it's utilized and try to process that information they a lot of people will just pull up that article just because they just want hey they're like hey D. Roy just give me the fucking names just give me the fucking names and tell me which ones I'm going with. And that's it. It's not the way that I want you to do it. I want you to learn. That's why I keep telling people, get into this, get into the podcast, start looking at the charts, any type of information that I put out at the beginning of the year and throughout the year. Because then you are less confused once we get into the season. I know people want videos on stuff. That stuff is going to come. That stuff's going to happen once a website is created, once we make this more of an actual subscriber-based program. <clears throat> I will go ahead and I will make tutorial videos on how to look at all the data charts. Okay, But now that we got that out of the way, we can focus on Thursday night's game. That is tonight, considering the fact that I am recording Tuesday morning on my drive down to the Indianapolis area. So, we have the Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. I actually did see the Washington Bears 
you know, the parade over to O'Hare. It was kind of funny. Um, but they did leave. They did leave yesterday afternoon uh, to get to the D.C. area. I'm kind of looking forward to this game, but at the same time, I'm like, this game could turn into a complete shit show. Um, I do not have the data in front of me. The only thing I can basically tell you is what I've seen. You know, what I've kind of seen. You can look at the data chart itself. Uh, everybody who's on the email listing, you have it. Um, just as the Thursday night only spreadsheet, right? So, to the best of my knowledge, on the numbers that I'm going to give you here for uh, the odds that I go, I've, go, I've been going through oddshark.com. Uh, uh, just to kind of get, you know, the consensus on what the over-unders are, you know, the favorite numbers and whatnot. So, this started out as a four-and-a-half uh, point favorite for the Washington Commanders. The over-under was about 43. Uh, that Those numbers moved up still in favor of Washington to about minus six. And then a 44 and a half was the over/under. I'm still kind of looking at um, that over/under as being quite possibly too low, um, but it seems about right. If I was going to place this, I probably would have went at 46, 47. Um, not that I have a betting model. Not that you should take my advice on any bets, um, considering the fact that that is not my forte whatsoever. The only thing that I can tell you, probably the safest bet, is to take that middle line on the Washington Commanders. Just take them as winning the game. We'll take a look at, um, you know, if you go on, say, DraftKings on FanDuel, you can kind of look at the player props uh, for this game. I have not looked at them yet. I'm going to look at them when I get home. Um, Just to kind of find out, you know, who they're kind of looking at. There's not that many high-end talent players within this game. If we start on the Bears side, it starts with Justin Fields, right? So last week was his, was his best game of the year. It wasn't completely a great game, though. When you kind of, He worked out really, really well for fantasy, but he was still turnover-prone. So Washington does give up uh, quite a bit of points to the the quarterback position. Um, they kind of held Jalen Hurts in check a little bit with his running. Um, but to be honest with you, Jalen Hurts hasn't been running that much to begin with. So, them having to deal with more a more mobile quarterback, I am still looking at rostering Justin Fields for this week. Not in an MVP, but still something along the lines of, you know, getting him into the flex. This game has the possibility of a shootout, and I'm pretty sure everybody's leaning that way uh, within the fantasy community. To me, it's possible that it could be a shootout. It's also very possible that this could turn into a game very much like what happened on Monday night with Seattle and the New York Giants. Why do I say that? starts with the Bears' offensive line. They have been fucking horrendous. Fucking horrendous. So, everybody's going to take a look at Justin Fields and say, 
while his decision making is really fucking terrible. I don't really disagree too much with that, but I will say that the hate has kind of gone too far. When you look at the game, when you watch Justin Fields, you can always tell he is looking out of the corner of his eye, waiting, waiting for that pass rusher to come over and fucking clock him. That's why he's been really, really kind of holding on to that ball way too long. He's trying to make sure that he fully secures it. And the problem is he really needs to get rid of that ball because he does have the open receivers at times. Namely, DJ Moore, who is far and above the best wide receiver target for the Chicago Bears and the best target overall in this game, to be truthfully honest. Now, we don't have Chase Claypool. They told him, go ahead and just continue to sit at home. They're going to try and work on a trade. More than likely, you're going to see him get cut, and he's probably going to get picked up by somebody else because they're going to take another shot on Chase Claypool's talent. But that piece of shit hasn't been right in fucking years. Some would say he hasn't been right at all since he was fucking drafted. He has he shown flashes? Absolutely. But to be honest, he was a shitty wide receiver. He, it was a shitty trade that the Bears made. Never should have made it in the first fucking place. So Chase Claypool, out. Darnell Mooney, Maybe. Uh, Tyler Scott? Mm. Maybe. Equinamia St. Brown? Mm. Maybe. The problem is that no other wide receiver is going to have the matchup uh, advantage that DJ Moore has. DJ Moore has an advantage on every single corner that is on that field. Notwithstanding, I think he is slightly at a disadvantage versus Kendall Fuller, who somehow ended up with like an 86-type rating. Kendall Fuller sucks. Kendall Fuller is also not going to be the main guy covering him. Who is it going to be, D-Roy? You might be asking yourself. I'll tell you, Emmanuel Forbes. Who is Emmanuel Forbes? He's this exact same corner that I told you to target with A.J. Brown last week with the Philadelphia Eagles. Does that entice you? Did you? Does everybody know what A.J. Brown did last week? This corner sucks. He should not be a starting corner. Benjamin St. Justy is actually a better corner than Emmanuel Forbes is. And Ben St. Justy is not good at all. So DJ Moore, definitely one of the guys that I want to lock in. <coughs> now you may also be looking at the running backs. We don't really care to use running backs against uh, the Washington Commanders defense. They're pretty decent up front um, in the in the rush DVOA. A lot of people might look though to roster Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert had a very good game against the Denver Broncos. Shit, who hasn't this year? But the problem is, is that he was fucking run into the ground. And I don't say that in a bad way. It's not like it's not like the kid is dead, right? Not like they're trying to kill him. But he had a lot of carries, had a lot of touches. Now he's coming into a Thursday night game. Very short week. We know what we generally do with running backs that come off the short week, DFS-wise. 
Okay. In seasonal, you're probably still starting Khalil Herbert. If you're starting Khalil Herbert, you're probably hurting at running back to begin with. So, Khalil Herbert is the guy that I'm going to sit. He had one game uh, against the Washington Commanders where he had a really, really good run. A lot of people are going to look at that and be like, well, he's had success against Washington. Okay. All right. Probably on a regular week. You Sometimes you get lucky, you get caught up. But I don't see it happening this week. So if you're going to use a Bears running back, take a look at Rashawn Johnson, the rookie out of Texas. Bijan's backup. Well, now he's Khalil Herbert's backup, which is a good spot for him. He's looked very decent this year with minimal touches. Um, He's going to be way cheaper than Khalil Herbert. He's going to be a guy that... Yeah, I don't want to really start a running back against Washington, but I have to think, can he score enough points to where it warrants using him as a value piece to build the rest of this lineup? That's probably going to fall more... Well, I take that back. Even with having the roster one more player over on DK, a lot of times on FanDuel, it has been a pain in the ass to fit the guys that you want in there. So Roshan actually is a guy that you can consider over there. Um, But I will tell you this. In this matchup, both kickers have have a really good matchup. They're, I believe, green matchups for both kickers. So those pieces tend to be a lot cheaper, um, especially over on DK. On FanDuel, maybe not so much. So, take a look at, like, say, if you're if you're saying that the Bears are still going to score, but maybe they don't score touchdowns, they're going to stall out. Cairo Santos would be the guy that I would really kind of take a look at um, on that side. Maybe over Roshan Johnson, just for the fact that if he gets three field goals, that's nine points. Is Roshan going to rush enough with receptions? which he gets very little of to begin with. So you're kind of looking at Roshan Johnson, and you're going to have to go, all right, is he going to score a touchdown? Because that's what we really, really want. Do you see Roshan Johnson being able to score from probably about five yards out? Because if it gets within there, it's more than likely going to be Fields that's going to run in the ball. I am not on Cole Komet this week. I will fade him. Uh, Commanders have been very decent against uh, the tight end position. So I'm going to fade it, Uh, especially coming off two touchdowns. He's going to be very heavily uh, utilized coming off a two-touchdown game uh, versus the Denver Broncos. We talked about the kicker. Defense, uh, it's going to look like a great matchup versus Washington, right? But Washington got skunked a couple of weeks ago and that kind of raised their total of uh, defensive scoring points versus the position. So I think it's a bad not a bad stat, but if you're reading it the way it is, just the way it's lined up and laid out with just that number, I think it's a trap. If, If you look at at the trending bar, 
below it from week to week. I believe that actually showed, hey, look, it here's a spike. It's coming back down. So be very careful with that if you're thinking of rostering the Bears' defense. On the other side, I do think that Sam Howell is in play. Uh, I do like the kid. I like the kid coming out of college last year. Look, there's a lot of people touting Sam Howell um, as kind of their guy that they liked him. The only problem is they don't have the fucking receipts to back it up. I do. I have my draft guide from each and every year. I like Sam Howell coming out of North Carolina. Kid can run a little bit, enough to score enough points to really offset if he's going to throw a pick or two. Do I like him in this game? I do. It's not incredible, though. Do I think he might be a piece that I'm going to consider? Absolutely. In a in a uh, MVP spot, hold on. Okay, maybe not so much. When you look at his past targets, you have the you have the main three, right? So you have uh, Terry McLaurin, you have Jahan Dotson, and you have Curtis Samuel. All of them actually should show up, I believe, except for Curtis, as being in good spots versus the DVOA. When you really look at the players, whether or not they have the advantage versus the pro football focus ratings, uh, Terry McLaurin uh, is the guy that has the advantage all over the field. So Terry McLaurin is really going to be the guy that I'm going to roster in terms of the wide receivers here, uh, first and foremost, could be considered an MVP-type guy. I'll kind of get into the MVP stuff later. Um, But Terry McLaurin is the guy uh, that I will be willing to roster. He's the one who gets the most targets, um, and he has been getting it done. Him and Sam Howell are locked in pretty tight together. So definitely take a look there. Um, Jahan Dotson... I like, I like the kid, right? I've always been a Dotson fan. I'm backing up a little bit on him. Um, just for the fact that I do believe that McLaurin is going to be the primary guy here. And Jahan Dotson really hasn't been playing all that well. Um, so, unless he comes out of this funk, I don't think he's a guy that you necessarily really have to, you know, roster this week. Um, I might still do it in seasonal. It depends on what you have on your roster. If you're really, really thin, don't really have any spots where you can pick up, go ahead and just play him. He'll get a couple of catches. He'll get a few yards. Um, But I don't see him scoring a touchdown this week. Curtis Samuel's really interesting um, just based on the fact that can use him in the running game, jet sweeps, but he also takes advantages of a lot of those short passes, and this is the thing that's really been killing uh, one guy in particular. It's been killing Antonio Gibson. Everybody's been kind of trying to figure out what's going on, why aren't they using Gibson in the passing game, and it's the fact that Curtis Samuel has really been getting it done. Does it make him a fantastic you know, player, a guy that you need on your seasonal roster? No. But in a game like this, it's something to consider um, because they are utilizing him as more of the pass down back 
the third down back guy. Um, they have included Brian Robinson in the passing game, which has been a, which really surprised me to begin the year. Um, but they have been really comfortable with Brian Robinson kind of being the guy. So Curtis Samuel is definitely a guy that I want to take a look at, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit more here when I'm covering the running backs. Now, Brian Robinson, I'm willing to make the exception versus Khalil Herbert because he is the main guy, because he's getting just a phenomenal workload versus Antonio Gibson uh, to begin with on the ground. So Brian Robinson should have success in this matchup. He's got a little bit younger legs than Khalil Herbert by eh, about a year, about a year or two. But I can see Washington fully utilizing Robinson versus Khalil Herbert, but I believe Robinson didn't have nearly as many carries as last week. You're going to have to check the target data sheet, um, which you also get. Utilize it to your advantage. And then flip between the Chicago Bears, take a look at Herbert, and go take a look over at Washington on the far end and take a look at Brian Robinson. I believe I believe it was like seven or eight touches less for Brian Robinson last week. So, <clears throat> Brian Robinson is the guy if you're going to roster uh, commanders running back. It's a very fine spot. This is why, you know, Bears were somebody that I wanted to attack uh, with Javante Williams. Uh, he got hurt, but then Jaleel McLaughlin came in um, and had a lot of yards, got a score. So that means that Brian Robinson, who I believe is a more talented running back than McLaughlin, of course, um, is in a really good spot to accumulate points. MVP? Eh, maybe not. Um, but I do kind of want that production in there. At tight end, it is going to show that there's a, a decent matchup uh, for the tight end position, but you have to make basically a choice between two guys, Logan Thomas and John Bates. Now, Logan Thomas is the guy that's going to get the most targets on there, but we really have to decide, you know, specifically with the Washington Commanders passing game is how high volume is it going to be in this game? Are they going to need it? That's part of your thought process when you're making your roster. How is this game going to go? Are they going to get it done? A little bit with the running game, a little bit with the passing game. See, last week or last Monday with Seattle, Kenneth Walker got the job done, but you could you didn't you didn't want him in your MVP spot. You could also last week or last Monday roster DK Metcalf, who scored the touchdown, and Tyler Lockett without rostering Geno Smith. Geno Smith, I believe, had like 110 yards passing and a touchdown. Did get hurt, but still wasn't doing all that much. And to be honest with you, he really didn't have to. And that's because their defense was the ones that scored the most points. Their defense was the one that you had to have in the MVP spot to get 40-plus. <coughs> Why do I bring this up? Because we could be seeing 
I had said earlier, we could be seeing the exact same game that happened on Monday night. Washington's defense can be had. So can the New York Giants. The Chicago Bears have a bad offensive line. There is talk, maybe Tevin Jenkins makes it, but I don't think he starts this week. I think he comes back next week. It would have helped if he would have had it this week, but man, Chase Young and friends, that pass rush versus that Bears defense or offensive line, I'm not saying that they can get 11 sacks, but they sure as shit can get 5 or 6. That's definitely a possibility. And we know that Justin Fields not only can be forced into turning the ball over, either with a fumble or an interception, but he's done some really dumb shit under pressure by his own end zone, like throwing a pick six. If Fields throws a pick six or there's a fumble recovery for a touchdown, that's it. It's over. Washington's going to smoke them. And it's all going to be because of the defense. So, do consider the defense in your MVP spot. Um, as far as... Is it Brandon McManus as their kicker? He's in play too. But, if you're thinking touchdowns for Washington against them, then I don't really care too much for Brandon McManus. I don't see them scoring. Can I see them scoring four or five? I can see them scoring four or five. I don't think it happens. I think it's a little bit lower scoring. I think it's going to be kind of like Seattle. They'll be in the 20s. They'll be somewhere in the mids. I do believe the Bears are going to be able to score. Um, But I don't see this game being something that is going to be relatively that close. Like, much, say, like Denver. So, I will say that they are going to score some points. Um, My prediction would probably be 28-20 for the Washington Commanders on Thursday Night Football. So, if if you're pulling my arm... If you twisted my arm to give you a prediction, that's what it would be. 28-20, Washington Commanders. So, I know you guys have been able to kind of peter through and uh, deal with the wind noise and stuff that's coming in in the truck. I appreciate it. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. It's either respond. The best thing to do is to respond to one of those emails when the spreadsheets come down. You can start an individual conversation with me through email that way. A lot of people do it. A lot more than you'd think. Have that conversation. Answer questions. And I will handle it directly from there. But like I said, the easiest way to do it is really to reply to to the emails Nobody else, it's not going to anybody else. It's only coming to me, whatever the question. So if you feel stupid for asking it, don't be. Because I'll try to answer it with the email. Right? So, again, find me on Twitter and Instagram, at RoyDog underscore 13. Dennis M. Roy on Facebook. 
uh, and Messenger, and then at RoyDog13 on the TikTok. And hey, hey, for you bastards that have not liked any of my videos of the, my daughter being successful, getting hits this year in her first year of softball, go fuck yourself. I'm just kidding. I love you. Peace out.